right, here we go. Episode number one. This is Cheryl, and we're here with Mile Zero Confessions. I have my one of my very best girlfriends, Nora, here with me today. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> we're a little nervous. We're sitting here at a Marker Resort right now having cocktails, trying to get over the fear of talking to a microphone with people sitting around listening to us. Feels a little unnatural. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. The bartender knows what we're doing, and he's going to keep bringing us drinks. So we're good. So, but we... So we're starting this podcast a year after COVID shut down. And, you know, a lot of being bartenders here in, in Key West, we've got a lot of interesting stories. And our customers definitely love hearing them. So why not start a podcast, right? They're the motivation behind all of this. <laughs> um, we love our jobs down here. I'm a bartender at Irish Kevin's. And Nora is one of my fellow friends that I've worked with several different establishments down here and we love our job keeps us entertained yeah very much <laughs> so and Nora and I also had the pleasure of spending lockdown a big chunk of lockdown together so we got to see pre-covid post-covid what life's like down here in Key West and it's definitely a different world down here right now right totally completely different vibes than what it was before we're definitely seeing what happens when you know we've been fortunate down here because we've been out of lockdown since what, like September. Yeah, we kind of all like went back fully, to work. Yeah, and um, right now we're getting all those wonderful customers from up north that are still not allowed to go to the bar. Yeah, and so it makes for some even more interesting stuff going on. But it's like they don't know how to act. They forgot what being in public is like after <laughs> a few months. <laughs> I think that would happen. That kind of happened to us. Yeah, I, mean, eh, I guess we did okay. I don't think we ever forgot. <laughs> So, Nora, start off by telling us how you ended up in Key West. Um, I ended up in Key West because I had a friend who owned a bar here at the time, and also a bar back in Vermont where I'm from, and one of his workers came down, and I was chatting with him, and he's like, you got to come down, it's such easy money, like, you know, it was... January in Vermont, which is like the most brutal month to be there. I'm talking like negative 14 degrees, no sunshine, nothing. It's dark at like 3 p.m. <laughs> totally different life. And um, yeah, I think I was a little bored. You know, I was getting into my, you know, adult phase of my life after college. And I was like, you know what? I've been traveling a lot and I kind of never filled that need of being satisfied after traveling and I was like why don't I just go live somewhere like immerse myself like check it out and if I don't like it I can always come back yeah. so the plan was to be here for six months and even though that bar didn't work out for me and it was not what I thought it would be I ended up staying and it's been three years four years now we love that you're here <laughs> I do too Cheryl <laughs> um so I started off here in Key West, um, came down here with my family on the sailboat, which thank God for quarantine because we got plenty of time to get out on the sailboat and sail around. We came here from Turks and Caicos after sailing for about six months. And um, Key West has always kind of held a special place for us, obviously. So got a 
he's just, I mean, this is one of those places you come here and you fall in love. And so what is it? We always, Pete always jokes about it. He always says that you see people walking around with their suitcases for like a week because they're tourists that came and never left. Never left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but we, um, I actually know a lot of people down here, but that's how they ended up here. They yeah. just came on vacation and never left. But, um, but it's definitely a different town right now, post-COVID. Um, you know, pre-COVID, like, yeah, we've always been a party town. Like, we definitely know that. But, like, it's um, people, I mean, I feel the clientele down here right now is definitely happier when they come down mm-hmm. than usual. Like, it's not full-fledged. It's full. Yeah. They're actually a little more, like, oh, Norse friends are here. Um, it's actually the people down here right now I feel like they're a little more mellow with certain things because they're just glad to be out at a bar like I had a group of bachelors at my bar like two weeks ago and they were from New York and they said that it was the first time they've been in a bar like over a year so for them like being out just that was a huge thing for them but that's when all the uh, you know freaky side of people come out and let their wig flag fly you know like yeah but it's been fun. It's been a. It was an interesting year. I'm not gonna lie. For anybody who asks, you know, how did you survive through COVID with the road closed and people not coming down? I personally thought it was pretty amazing um, when the road was closed down. Like being on this island for as long as we have now, like, and the locals having the island back, it right. was pretty awesome. And um, I know you left for a chunk of that. Like you went back home for a little yeah. while, but it was like like being able to ride down Duval Street at one o'clock in the afternoon and you wouldn't see another person the entire way. It was was pretty amazing. But you know, by about, I'd say May, we were getting a little antsy. We were ready for tourists to come back and we needed someone outside of our circles to talk to because we were all like, okay. What what are we we talking about today? (laughs) What are we going to do today? There's so much we can do, you know, when they shut down the beaches and everything. Like it was pretty strict for a minute. Especially when you live in a place like this, like no one really hangs out indoors. Yeah. There's not much to do. You shower, you eat, and then you go to work or you go out. Yeah. That's it. And it was hard too, like when it was, especially when it was so hot down here during those summer months or like the early part of the spring into the summer or whatever. And um, you weren't even like, you couldn't go to the beach. Like they weren't even letting, you couldn't even get to Mallory Square to watch Sunset at one point. They had no. the whole thing roped yeah. off. Yeah, like it was a crime scene. Yeah, like I remember Pete, Warning. Pete found like this little tiny sliver of beach and he took our son, our 10 year old son up there to watch Sunset and a cop showed up and told him he had to go home. Yeah. So it was a little strict for a while, but at least we never completely lost freedom of movement. Like we were still taking bike rides every day. And yeah. so it wasn't really until we reopened in June that it got really crazy uh-huh. so but um but yeah so when I wanted to get start when I wanted to start this podcast I was kind of under the whole idea of the two questions that every customer asks at the bar and that's so how'd you end up in Key West right which we covered uh-huh. um and the second question that everybody always wants to know is Key West is such a crazy town and so much crazy stuff goes on here they want to know What's your favorite story? Yeah. <laughs> What's your craziest interaction at this bar? 
said, you must see some crazy things around here. What's your craziest story? So, and we both, you and I both have had the pleasure of working at several different establishments here. And I, there's not one I've worked for that I didn't love. Um, and, but they've all given me some pretty amazing, I mean, we were great we were material. Talking, great material. <laughs> Speaking of great material, even on the way over here to set up all of our stuff, we were, you know, just the craziness of the, I'm, Nora, I'm going to let you tell the story because you were the object of uh, <laughs> affection during that that episode. We literally scouted out one other location, it was too busy. We walked across a parking lot to the second location and this group of guys saw us approaching and felt the need to holler and start barking so much so that one of them had to crawl on his knees and tried to gnaw my leg all while making sounds like a dog telling us how beautiful we were like at least awesome yeah they were <laughs> it's just never a dull moment even when you live here and like very colorful it was actually really entertaining though when we got to the marker to set up all of our stuff and um they walked in. We're like, great. They were, here we go. They were nice enough to buy us a shot. And they're like, here, this will loosen you up for the podcast. <laughs> so thanks, guys, if you know who you are and you're listening. Um, so, Nora, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's okay. your favorite story? My favorite story. Let's let's do a um, let's do a funny story first. Not a like the creepy story. story or like, you know, do like a nice funny story. This was more like the wildest thing anyone said to me, because I really think guys are like running out of things to say to women at bars. Like they just, they, they don't know what to say anymore. Like, hey, you're pretty, or hey, this, hey, that just isn't working anymore. So I had this one customer and he's like, you know, trying to get my attention, this and that. And like, obviously I gave him the strings. And he's like, I just need to tell you He's like, I know you hear this all the time, but I can bet you anything you've never heard this. And I'm like, please do. Like, entertain me. <laughs> what is it that you're going to tell me? And he's like, I would walk a mile on shattered glass just to hear you fart in a walkie-talkie. <laughs> Um, Not where I saw right. that going. He's right. I, I've never heard that one. Yeah. He actually made me laugh. And I was like, no, that is the first time somebody has offered that. I appreciate it. Like, what do you say after that? What? How do you respond? What did you say after that? I don't remember. I don't think I said anything other than that's good. And walk away. <laughs> and walk away. Because, like, you cannot top that. You cannot to go come back you cannot you know rebuttal nothing you're just like okay and i'm moving on <laughs> as long as i've known you now how have i never heard this story really i've never oh i've never gosh. heard this story this was like shortly after we reopened and these guys were like hollering like they were just like they never seen a woman in their life and i'm just making them drinks and it's like you're so this you're so that oh by the way i would walk a mile on shattered glass just to hear you fart in a walkie-talkie i'm like who thinks of these things where what was your childhood like? I want to know. <laughs> or are you still in your childhood? Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, for me personally, like, 
my all-time favorite story to tell people is when they ask me, I always get the question, like, how do you deal with, like, all these bachelor and bachelorette parties? Right. Which I love our bachelor and bachelorette parties. Yeah. They keep me very entertained, especially watching them interact with each other. Yeah. It's, it's a great town to come and experience that in and would encourage anyone to do it. But I always get amused with the bachelorette parties when you have, like, the guys the single guy or whatever that's like on a mission yeah a very specific mission <laughs> a very specific mission <laughs> and i remember one of the places i used to work um waiting on this group all day and i mean there are tabs one tab for the guy was like a hundred like probably two three hundred dollars or something like that yeah. and the girls were up to like i don't know like a couple hundred themselves i mean right so um, <laughs> they, when it comes to checkout time, I take the, you know, credit cards over to them and everything. And the girls look over at the guy and they're like, so how much are you going to tip her? Like, we want to make sure we take really good care of her. And he says, he's like, oh, well, you know, she was awesome. So I left her a hundred dollar tip. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. I'm like, thank you. And I take the credit card book from him and the girls, you know, I was like, girls, I'll come back, get your book. And I walk all the way back around to the register, open the credit card book up, and this wonderful little asshole scratched through the tip line and left me nothing on his big tab. So he was flexing. Oh, he's he flexing. was fronting? Yes. Ooh. I don't think he expected me to make it back to him before he left. So I reprinted his credit card receipt stuck it in the book and I walked over <laughs> in front of all the girls, opened up the credit card book and I said, honey, I think we've made a mistake because you didn't leave me a tip at all. Yeah. Do you want to try this again? Yeah. And Did needless to say, the girls um, left him and they just, well, after scolding him, they left him. Yeah. And I just um, completely failed. But that's why I love our bachelorettes because they will always look out for their bartenders. Uh -huh. And they were just like, they bailed on that guy and said, we're not spending the night. Sorry. When worlds collide. I love our, uh, our wonderful youngins that come down here. So how'd you do getting through spring break this year? Spring break was surprisingly mild. Um, nothing more than, you know, oh, what, a beer's $5? You know, things like that. Um, other than that, we kind of discourage them from coming in because... It's just debauchery with them. They're the people who remind me that they really don't know how to act in public. I think it was worse on the youngins as far as like going out again. Yeah. Like rules did not apply to them whatsoever. You really think the younger crowd? <laughs> yeah. Worse than the, the older crowd. I actually think it's the opposite. Really? I can tell you. Spring break was good for you. Our spring breakers were awesome. They were so respectful. They were, I mean, they, they, you don't have the biggest expectations going into it because you know they're college students. They're right. going to spend what they can. But we definitely, um, they were the most respectful people I dealt with. Um, it was actually some of the older crowd that was a little more to deal with. <laughs> so, during spring break. During spring break. They were like, they were the ones that, the way I saw it, like I was explaining this to somebody the other day, that the way I see it is a lot of people, you know, everybody's been drinking at home, yeah, making their own cocktails, uh -huh. being playing bartender, even though we know how to make a proper pour and we're and told, 
you have a four count or a three count depending on your four spouts. Yeah. Five count in some places. Um, everybody at home, it's like, you know, three quarters of a glass of vodka and the rest is your Sprite. Yeah. And, you know. Fill it up. <laughs> just so you guys know, when you go to a bar, nobody's ever going to pour your drink like that without you paying for a double or triple. Right. So... Anyways, our, I definitely feel like a lot of people came back out and, you know, when you're drinking at home, you have like your one cocktail for the night. I mean, we yeah. we had plenty of cocktail nights during COVID. Plenty. We would go out, buy the liquor we needed for that one drink or maybe two drinks mm -hmm. that we, and we would, we played mixologist a lot during COVID. Yeah. So. Usually finishing off the bottle and then having to get creative and be like, okay, <laughs> we ran out of one ingredient. What do we do next? Exactly. <laughs> so we... You know, but it, a lot of other people, um, you know, they had their one drink, their Tito soda or, t you know, whatever they were drinking for COVID. When you get back out to the bars, now you're you're sitting there with a full bar in front of you. And yeah. you have a person who's going to make your drinks for you. You don't have yeah, to do anything. Yeah. And you just tell them what you want. They have every liquor available to them and they're going to make you whatever you want. Then you have the stimulation of the band and the music and yeah. like let's face it i don't know about how you're feeling i'm itching for a concert right now oh my god i can't tell you how much money i'd pay to go to a concert what i would give for like and i love our live musicians down here they're great but what i would give for like a full-fledged like light concert. show everything yeah. concert right now i see of people all of it exactly. the energy the noise you can't even hear yourself talk like and give it to me Please. <laughs> That's where I'm, I'm counting down the days and hoping to God that our concert doesn't get canceled in September. But um, we're having our first festival here since reopening. Yes. What, next weekend? It kicks off actually Tuesday, tomorrow. Tuesday. It kicks off Mile Zero Fest down here. Dirt, what is it? Dirt Road Country? Uh, Red, Red Dirt, Dirt Country. Country. Out of Texas, yeah. yeah. They're a very fun crowd. Yeah, we've been, we started getting some of them last night mm -hmm. and they're, um, Gotta love those Texas people. Oh yeah, I bartended at that festival what two years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So much fun. I worked at VIP booth. Yeah. So I had all the artists and everything, and they. I'm not a country fan. I'll say that right now, like not at all. But I really enjoyed hanging out with the artists and like the passion they have for their craft and the amount of fun they like to have and the nicest people. Yeah. That's what I can say about country fans and like Texas, like the nicest. Mm -hmm. The nicest people, and I've worked at quite a few music venues, but country people—they yeah. know where it's at. <laughs> I love country musicians. They are—they're a lot. Like, I mean, granted, I don't know a lot of outside country musicians because that's typically what concerts I end up at. But they're—they have this very humble way towards their fans, uh -huh. and I love that. Yeah. So, um, actually, I—I want to say, right before we locked down, one of the last shows we went to was one of the mile zero didn't really? we go? yeah with um over at what cowboy bills yeah cowboy bills yeah. we went to that show because that would have been in like january or february right before we walked out so that was one of the last things we did was mile zero fest and now what i remember from that night the most is too many shots of uh, screwball oh yeah that was when we were introduced <laughs> to screwball for those of you who don't know what that is it's peanut butter whiskey it's very dangerous yes <laughs> We actually concocted a lot of stuff with that mm -hmm. during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> That's where our new peanut butter and jelly shot came from. Yeah, that was, uh, that is right. That's when we learned about screwball. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we've got mile zero coming up um, this week. And then I want to say songwriters is next week. Next week, yeah. So back to back music venue. We're going to be working a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 
a lot of events to go to, yeah. a lot of things to see. Well, I was looking at songwriters today, and the tickets are pretty much all sold out. Really? Like most. For all the venues? Oh, yeah, for all the venues. I don't know about Mile Zero, but I do know songwriters. Most of it's sold out. I know Mile Zero typically sells out ahead of time, like way before. You can't even get tickets like day of. I'm kind of wondering if any of that's carrying over from last year, since some of it was canceled. Not Mile Zero, but definitely songwriters. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like the refunds and the rescheduling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Songwriters was supposed to be huge last year, so we'll see how it goes this year. Yeah. I think last year would have been the... 20th anniversary or the 10th? Uh, it was like a big like year that. anniversary yeah. or something like that, and it was supposed yeah. to be a big year. So we'll see. Hopefully, it'll be a good week. Yeah. We'll have more stories to tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> more motivation. <laughs> more material. All right. So we're coming back after a quick break. Just got a little refreshment drink at the bar, and um, of course, right on cue, something happened. <laughs> Which shout out to our bartender, Jason, up here at the Marker. He's been awesome making us some heavy drinks. Some really good drinks. Um, so we're sitting at a bar, and like everyone can kind of see what we're doing here. They know we're filming a, or recording a podcast. And one of the bar patrons asks, like, hey, what's your podcast about? And, you know, I don't want to give too much away. So I'm like, oh, it's about Key West. And, of course, you know, the guy next to him chimes in, like, oh, it's the most beautiful place in the world. Like, beautiful USA. Like, go Key West. And the guy's like, oh, I have a story for you. He's like, I bet you've never seen somebody with frostbite in Key West. And I'm like, excuse me? frostbite he's like yeah look at my hand and his hand from his corner finger to his thumb is black i'm like bro what did you do <laughs> he's did like he get it in key west he got it in key west okay and i'm like okay well now you gotta tell me i'm intrigued i'm waiting for my drinks if you got three minutes let's go and he's like okay so listen i work at a bar and we have one of those oasis machines which if you don't know what that is it's a um frozen drink machine i don't know how else you describe it yeah a lot of bars have for the yeah yeah margaritas pinacoladas whatever and he's like so there was this really hot girl right and i was (laughs) i was talking to her and i was very distracted by her and i'm holding her drink while speaking to her and he's like somehow i managed to give myself frostbite by holding on to the drink that came right out of the machine and I'm like, how? I'm like, first of all, that how was is that cool. possible? Yeah. I'm like, this girl must have been extremely hot for you to not even notice that you're burning your own flesh from a cold drink. And he must, she must have been pretty hot because he described what she was wearing. And you know, guys, they don't pay attention to anything. He described her hat, her pants, like everything. Oh, yeah, very detailed. A linen pants. Very detailed. Very specific for a man to describe a woman and what she's wearing. Usually it's like, I don't know, dude, she was hot. Like, no. Pants and all described. And yeah, you can go see over there. He has like a whole circle where it's black. It's very gnarly. When uh, when you finish this podcast, I'm going to go over and say hi to him. Is he part of the crew that we met earlier? Yeah, when we first got in here? with the barking okay. dude. Yeah, with the barking dude. I think it's that girl's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the girlfriend's conveniently not around, so of course, the hot girl story comes out. Yeah. 
Oh man. Well, I don't know. He was unclear if he was holding a part of the machine or holding the drink, but he was holding on to it. I feel like so he would have had to have been holding the machine. Something in the machine. Yeah. But I'm like, what are you doing with your hands inside the machine, touching the cooling unit to make a drink? Like, it sounds to me like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> well, when you told me you had an interesting story from coming back from the bar, I definitely didn't think it would be about frostbite. frostbite. She was. I'm like, you should get that checked out. And I left. <laughs> All right. So while we were on the topic of guys with, with game or without game, however you want to classify them these days, I, you know, we talked, Nora and I catch up a lot talking about like the crazy things that guys will say to us at the bar. And some of the stories, I don't know if I'm brave enough yet to share them on this podcast. It's the first one, so we'll go slow. We're going to ease into it on some of these because some of them, like, I'm actually would be concerned if some of my family hears some of the things that people, we talk about how coming into the town of Key West and we see it in everything that, like, people do, like, tourists do down here, whether it's their, bye. <laughs> Have a good day, guys. It's a frostbite guy. Oh, that's the frostbite guy. They get to see his finger. <laughs> um, we talk about how, like, when tourists come down to this town, you get, like, a lot of them that they just, it's like they feel like, I hate to say, like, they've gone to another country because, I mean, even yes. other countries have laws. And standards. But and they just, laws. like, like, people hanging out of sunroof windows to take pictures going down, like, US-1 or... Yeah. The, oh my God, Lord help us, the mopeds. And taking selfies while driving mopeds. Like, what the fuck? When I hear a moped horn, I want to immediately stick my foot out and kick that person off their moped. Yeah. I would not but, even feel bad about tripping them. <laughs> and then, you know, the golf carts. I've met so many bachelor parties that their goal is to flip a golf cart while they're in Key West. That's their goal. They're like, if we have gotten through this entire weekend and have not flipped the golf cart, we did not do this trip right. Oh, what did you do on vacation? I don't know, to passivate myself? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, this is the stuff we deal with down here. But Nora was sitting here telling me recently an interesting story about her excursions of people and their naughty behavior when they come to Key West. I'm really convinced that there must be some third-party advertising that goes out to the other states. Come to QS, blah, blah, blah. Bartenders by day, escorts by night. I cannot tell you how many times I've been solicited. And it's making me think there's, like, a big organization out there. It has to be from that. Like, once or twice, okay, whatever. These people are weird. But, like, constantly drives me a little insane like it's just a question of why you know and google cannot answer this for me so <laughs> i used to work in a hotel and that's why i think it's the worst like you work in a hotel and automatically like people somehow think you're for hire like money will buy you anything in a hotel you're a bartender hotel like forget it i had these customers super cool we're shooting the shit all night close the bar with them like nothing out of the ordinary other than friendly talk and it comes the end of the night and they're like, so do you do house calls? And again, I'm not really picking up what they're putting down. I'm like, like a private bartender for your room? Like, what are you, what are you asking? No, 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 like I want you to have drinks with us in our room. And I'm like, okay, 
again, what exactly you're asking me. <laughs> and basically, this guy told me he wanted to watch me, like, hook up with his wife in front of him. <laughs> and I'm like, no, my shift ends at 11.30 and I go home. He then rebuttaled with something I was not prepared to hear, but he's like, oh, the last bartender that was here when we came on our last vacation had sex with us in the pool. Mm. We thought that was the normal thing here. Maybe that's the problem is the other bartenders are setting the standard. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be curious to Maybe hear Maybe I'm feedback. too crude for this. I don't know. I thought I wasn't, but I guess I am. They're <laughs> <laughs> giving us a bad name. I, I mean, obviously we know living in Key West, like this is a huge, like, this is the place where you can come and literally be whoever you want to be. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. Fantasy Fest, that's why I love Fantasy Fest so much, is because it's wide open and everybody just gets to like let their freak flag fly and it's fun to watch. But like how? How did we get to that point? And like where does that line stop or start? Like I don't even know. Like I where do we where do we say okay that's so Key West and then it's like okay that's so not okay. <laughs> but is it just Key West? I'd be curious to know from other bartenders if any other bartenders out there listen to this podcast at some point, I would be curious to know if they deal with the same stuff. Yeah. Because I mean I can tell you I worked in a hotel in um Fort Myers before I moved to Key West and I never got propositioned that way. Yeah. That was not acceptable. I bartended all through college. I worked in nightclubs. I used to do weddings. I did events. And not once did someone offer to pay me to fuck their wife <laughs> while they watched <laughs> or do house calls or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like, I um, don't get it. I don't. It's an interesting town. Okay, so just finished our last little hiatus on this. So, all right. My next question, Nora, and I and I know all the listeners who we're going to be picking up over time. <laughs> um, they all want to know about the island life because we live something that's totally different, uh -huh. you know, and it's like there's very few places in the U.S. that get to do what we do. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about like people coming down here. You literally like I think we can all agree that coming to Key West is more like it's not like going to the Hamptons or, you know, no. something like that. Like it's it, literally paradise in the U.S. It is like Caribbean visiting style. the Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. So what is your favorite thing about living on this island? Anything about the life at all, like whether it's how you get around, whatever. That's Obviously, not the guy that just bumped into your chair. Yeah, we're sitting here recording. Here's you, motherfucker. <laughs> like, did you see we're doing something important here? Um, I mean, that's a tough one. I have to say, my whole opinion of the island changed once I got out on a boat. Mm -hmm. And I saw snipes and like woman key and like how beautiful that water can actually be. Mm -hmm. I have to say, like hands down, that's my favorite. Is the water down here? The water. It is beautiful. And doing the boat parties or not partying at all, like hanging with the dolphins, snorkeling, like all that is just you can't do that anywhere else. No. That's literally you cannot do that anywhere else. No, you're right. It's definitely important down here to have friends that have boats. Yeah, friends so, of boats are the best kind of friends. Yes. <laughs> but so that's they, not why we're friends, Cheryl. Especially when they have a 45-foot sailboat. Yeah. And, 
and you can take your nap just as easily on a day trip down to Boca Grande as you can cook off, cook in the kitchen. Yeah, so exactly. Take the whole house with you when you go. Uh -huh. So what is your least favorite thing about living on an island? My least favorite is, I mean, I grew up outside of, actually everywhere that I lived, I grew up outside of a major city. Mm -hmm. You know, like New York City, Boston, and I'm just used to, I guess, the cosmopolitan side of things. Like, I, I miss, like, you know, big concerts. We talked about that earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, things to do other than just drinking on Devolve, you know. But yeah. I think that aside, you know, it's super fun. It's fun to live here. You, As long as you can moderate what you do, it's fun. But I think that aside, the worst part is like tourists who come here and have the wrong idea of what goes on here. Mm -hmm. I think that's the worst part. Yeah. No, and they kind of ruin the fun for everybody. Yeah. They don't respect the island. You know, they're trashing the place. They're talking bad about it. Like, hey, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Leave. Yeah. Someone else will like it. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it is hard. Like when people come down here, you know, we down here in Key West, we take a lot of pride in how beautiful our water is, um, the wildlife that, you know, we're all about getting rid of the plastic straws so we can save the sea turtles. And, yeah. you know, we want to have all of that wildlife around for us all to enjoy. And, you know, we did, we did Boca Grand several times up to Dolphin Playground during COVID lockdown. Saw, oh my God, Amazing. the video footage we got from the dolphins that day. We had, what, like a pot of like 20 out there with yeah. us that one day we were out there. And, um, and the audio from us on that is all like, holy shit, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> and so you are right, like the tourists. I don't know why when you were just telling, say, making that comment about like living outside the metropolitan city. Yeah. For whatever reason, as you, a story popped in my head, <laughs> right when we first opened back up uh -huh. and Miami was still shut down, going, remember when we went to the Perry Hotel? And we were all still... Those Miami people! Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the guy kept elbowing you in your back. Awesome. And thank God for, like, the one thing I will say that's good about COVID is that when you want somebody to stay six feet away from you... You can you make can, it happen. You can make it happen. And I just remember that guy elbowing you at the bar, and we were just like, you don't even have your mask on. Six feet, six yeah. feet. And, like... Uh, and yeah. this was a time when, like, you actually had to do six feet. Like, they were enforcing it. Like, bar stools were spaced out. Six feet you, apart. Yeah, you couldn't sit next to people. Tables weren't near people. And this guy was right up my ass. And you were not allowed to stand at the bar to order. Uh -huh. And I remember being upset because they were standing at the bar to order. And I was yeah. like, you're supposed to be in a seat. You're not supposed to stand yeah. up. That was the only, like, that was kind of the good thing about COVID is, like, yelling at people, you know. Because I'm actually... I mean, personal space existed before COVID. Right. So, and somehow during COVID, people just gave up on personal space. But I don't know why that story popped in my head when you brought up living outside metropolitan cities. I'm like, we still kind of do, and yeah. we still get them. Yeah, Miami's um, not my favorite place. Of all the cities I've been to, my like, I thought I would like it. Like, oh, it's warm and it's a city, but it's just not. I only go there to shop. Same. Shop, yeah. go out somewhere to eat. Leave. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Well, anything else you want to share about our wonderful island before we sign off here on this first episode? Any last thoughts on being the resident of a place like this? 
I don't think so. I mean, I think this whole podcast is super exciting. I can't wait and to see. And it's going to evolve into something like really cool. I really hope so. I know that the first one's going to be rusty. That's why, obviously, you're going to be a frequent guest on this. Um, and we're just going to get more and more raunchy. I just know it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're playing it safe for this first one. Yeah. And we're just trying to feel it out, see what people think. Definitely appreciate feedback from people. I, All my friends that live here, I want everybody on it. I want everybody to tell yeah. their stories. Like Everyone's got a different view, a different bar they work in. It's like a different life almost. What do, what do they always, they call us, like, a bunch of degenerates down here? Yeah. It's, like, just an island of degenerates, totally and yeah. there's some pretty interesting stories to be told, so. People who escape their old life for whatever reasons, and some of them are pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. For sure. I have a story that we can end it on. <laughs> <laughs> I like Actually. <laughs> Go for it. There was this crazy guy, and I hope he doesn't listen to this, because it's going to be very obvious to who this he, is. I hope he does, because that makes it even better. Go for it. Um, <laughs> Maybe he'll gonna, rebuttal one day. I'm going to leave his name out of this. Maybe he'll want to be on the show. I don't know. Maybe his parole officer will let him. I don't know. But I haven't seen him in, like, two years. And the last time I saw him, there was this crazy stint with, like, his baby mama drama and just, I don't know, a lot of drama. I haven't seen him in two years. One year because of COVID, whatever. So he comes into the bar, and I look at my coworker. I'm like, is that so-and-so? And she's like, I don't know. It kind of looks like him. So she goes over, and she goes to help him. And they have a chat, and he's there maybe nine and a half minutes and mm-hmm. runs out the door. Mm-hmm. Turns out he spent the last two years in jail for selling cocaine, which he gladly brags about. Mm-hmm. And he's actually not allowed to be here right now because he's on house arrest. Oh. <laughs> and he had a pound, two shots of tequila, and had to get the fuck home before his <laughs> PO found out. So, yeah, that's that sums up Key West. A normal Tuesday night in Key West. Come on vacation, leave on probation. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> totally happy about it. Yeah, I shouldn't be here right now. I gotta go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well, on that note, I think we are going to head to the bar, pound two shots of tequila. And not be on house arrest. <laughs> not be on house arrest, and then take a dip in the pool before we leave this beautiful place for the day. So Sounds good. It was a good day. Thank you, Nora. You're welcome. Anytime, Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) And stay tuned, guys. We'll have some more episodes coming soon.